Hell of a weekend. It's been good. It was really good. I fucking loved the weekend. I'm all positive. I'm all ready, amped up. Do you yeah. actually feel that way? Yeah, I really do. Because I really do too. I woke up at like yeah. six thirty in the morning this morning. I was like, I got shit to do. I fucking woke up, started reading a book I haven't picked up for a couple weeks. I did that. Positivity. Yeah. It is. <laughs> That's what life is about. I did like that wellness podcast that Aaron did a couple weeks ago. And like shit was coming out of my mouth, and I was like, "Who am I right now?" I wasn't angry. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't sad. I was like, arguably happy to be alive. Holy shit! I'm glad I wasn't here for that. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I did it in this I, I would room, have, so I tried it, to intervene. Could still be floating around in here. Oh, the goodness! Yeah, the, the hmm. goodness is in that bottle. As far as I can tell. the goodness, <laughs> right? Ah, the goodness of mankind. Um, shit. I don't. I don't even know where to uh, start. Hmm. I just want Julia to start oh, raging. I've been holding in the about, rage for a long time. No, just see the, that's and that's a good thing because if you just let it bleed off bit by bit, um, it's no good. Then it's yeah. just, it just doesn't. It's no longer rage. It's just a sad complaining trail. It's like angst. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for um, coming out from uh, Parts East. Mm-hmm. Parts East, yeah. And welcome also. Thank you. And thanks. For, I mean, uh, yeah, we had a little gathering, and during the gathering, there was um, that was taking place with the, let's say, I was going to say undercurrent, but like under the wet blanket of a virus. Hmm. And then some other things. And I was then, about to say, and like, and lit by the fire of a riot. Or and, like, and then I was going to say, and that that wet blanket turned out to be um, soaked with gas. <laughs> and then uh, somewhere around eleven thirty or twelve on Saturday, um, someone stumbled on it with a while holding a match. I guess. Yeah, I was man. What a bizarre weekend. The whole thing really is bizarre. Everywhere in America is super bizarre because no one really knows what to do. Hmm. Even if you're like, if you're highly opinionated, you just gather with the people that you agree with and you still don't know what to do. So you just do what you're told. Like, (laughs) that's what I, that's literally all I'm seeing is people doing what they're told or like falling into like, yeah, that must feel good to post something like that. I'm going to post that. But then you do it wrong, and then you have to read the instructions <laughs> on how to do it the right way, and then you're told what to do again, and then you redo it, and hopefully you do it the right way. Well, and then the you're thi- forgiven. What, what did the, th- or, what's the thing that you said, the meme that's going around is like, finally, people are posting nothing to social media about and saying nothing about what they're posting about nothing, and they're just being more loud about nothing. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm, I mean, the riot porn is hard to get over with. Like, it's hard to not be like, ooh, what's this one going to be? Oh, who are those guys whose feet are hanging out of those helicopters that are hovering over those protesters? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's your 
Definitely more interesting than a pandemic picture protected by HIPAA. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. it's definitely flashier. <laughs> I mean, uh, what is? I mean, whatever happened to the pandemic? Uh, well, I guess. that's what I was about to say. Is like, man, is that went away really quickly. Really, I'm glad we got it out of our systems the day before the symposium because if yeah. we hadn't have, then it, it no longer exists, and my rage would have been for naught. I had a lot of people complain to me about the Friday night thing. Really? Yeah, like that. You know, they didn't want to talk about. It. I was like, here's the thing. I didn't either. I did it as like in producing a vomit before you eat a good meal so that you know you can keep it down <laughs> people gonna... at the symposium yeah yeah yeah. oh i didn't know that. yeah huh. just a few they're like man i just like that's the last thing i wanted to talk about on friday night yeah yeah, yeah. I, and i was like i feel you but i feel like if we didn't that's what yeah, saturday like would have been purge yeah so that saturday but, could be whatever exactly well i find it shocking that so few people have an opinion about it and that really indicates how few people are paying attention. So, of course, you get sick of talking about it if you really don't care. I mean, so, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I kind of feel like if I would have gone camping for like four months, mm -hmm. I'm like, I just go into the mountains and I would have been, you know, in a cabin, isolated, no writing your memoir. Yeah, like a silent retreat of sorts. And I came out, I just, I would feel the same but better because I haven't been dealing with it for four months like what is the use in dealing with it like I, other than making fun of it or, or like just making a comment or or I, the comments are worthless I guess I mean mm -hmm. and I've made plenty of them and I feel worthless so when you say dealing with it do you mean like what's the point in even talking about it since we're not we can't do anything about it yeah I, yeah. Can, I have the same question I, and I think I, it helps eliminate questions. Like you have internal questions, things running through your head. I think it just kind of helps. But there's so get much that out a little bit. That was bit. my excuse for going into like trying to figure out things instead. Like that, that was my excuse is like maybe I can figure something out that will make me feel better. And in the end, I go, it would have been better if I was at a silent retreat, like, I like chanting and like I don't it, know. Because, like, where do you go to get good information that you can actually rely exactly. on that isn't, you know, you don't have the other point of view as well, so you don't actually know what's happening? A better question, is no information better than the information we have now? I think the Amish are doing great right now. They probably are. But what we're missing <laughs> right now is the ultimate opportunity as an entire populace to change our broken healthcare system which is yeah. constantly at the cornerstone of any presidential debate, local debate. Well, I mean, no one's thinking about that right now. I know, and it's frustrating because this, like, <laughs> that would have been, you know, it would have been a prime opportunity for it because this is yeah. just a warm-up. You just, know, I don't, there, there are things medically that we deal with that are a lot more concerning than, you know, a virus. And we know that these, you know, viral pathogens are going to come back and it's going to be different. And, and you've been, been involved in this healthcare system for... A decade plus. A decade yeah. plus. Yeah, okay. uh, can you let our four listeners know what you do <laughs> since two of our listeners are sitting with us right now? <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is very true. So I'm an uh, internal medicine, family medicine physician assistant. Um, half my career has been in the inpatient uh, hospitalist side, and then the other half has been on the outpatient clinic side. Yeah. So I mean, I've, I've been paying attention and been frustrated for a long time as a healthcare consumer and a healthcare provider. But we, the reason, one of the reasons I'm so frustrated is because I feel like our profession has been used to 
propitiate a narrative with a political and social outcome versus a healthcare outcome. I'm going to do outcome. a little grammar Nazi. Do you mean perpetuate? Yes, perpetuate. Okay. Per. Dang it. Yeah, per All that education yeah. I just said, ignore it. No. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the school that you went to. All the yeah, school. They don't, yeah. Just went out I guess window. you could just throw um, English or whatever class that was that I went to apparently too much. <laughs> I was really good at <laughs> Out the hey, window once you start going to med school. We all paid attention to at least one class really well. Yeah, that's, yeah. No. Diagramming <laughs> sentences didn't help me with the nonprofit podcast. I always get on her when her accent kicks in and she says something like Winder. No. Like, you went to that med is, school. This is, you went to med school. This is uh, not accurate. What, what, what would she, if she said Winder, what, what would she be? Window? Have been trying to say, okay. Yeah. I couldn't even, I couldn't even. I know, lived in North the, Carolina for a while. Okay. Keegan yeah, gets me. <laughs> yeah, the accent does get in the way, but. Yeah, I, th I think that's why we need to keep having a conversation about the pandemic, even if it's less about the data, the actual, you know, the actual spread, stay at home. We actually need to talk about how flawed our healthcare system is, how completely incapacitated the actual healthcare providers are at making decisions about a about a systemic system or at a level that affects many, many people at one time, not just a private clinic owner. Like we're gonna miss a prime opportunity here and we're also gonna miss a prime opportunity from the provider perspective to, you know, we're gonna address the hero issue, but more than anything, you can't expect us to do our job without the supplies because of a technocracy that is not allowing for the purchase of the equipment because of incestuous medical supply relationships. So it's, you know, hero from the front, you know, stab in the back from the back. So incestuous relationship um, leads to birth defects, right? Correct. Okay. Or possibly. Mm. <laughs> I can't say it. Fuck. <laughs> All right, let's move on before Michael actually oh. decides that he can say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that that just-in-time delivery it is fine for you know many businesses certain businesses true but it's not going to be the business that's going to save your life it, well exactly and yeah. so so yes it, to, d during this period of time um you, you know when it's like it's just say st status quo whatever mm -hmm. um absent any kind of pandemic or whatever then maybe just in time is okay because you know yes there were complaints about hospital systems and and the you know profiteering and medical you know blah 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 um, but it does seem like okay if you're going to run your medical system if you will on a just in time delivery basis for the for the the supplies there has to be a reservoir somewhere. Like, do we not have a strategic oil reserve or some stuff that never gets touched mm -hmm. because, you know, whatever, unless in, unless in case of emergency? Well, it sure the fuck seems like that's what um, should be available to the medical system as well. It's like, hey, there's this strategic reserve of all of these things that we can, because we're smart, um, forecast mm -hmm. that we might need at some point. And it's just going to sit here it could be in the control under federal control could be under state control doesn't matter to me as long as you know people aren't so stupid as to think that they can make uh in the moment mm -hmm. something appear by snapping their fingers 
I think there definitely was a production supply for a very short time, but that was at the very beginning. But what's happened now is these hospital systems can only purchase from certain companies. So even though the the equipment is available, if say your you know clinic manager or you know someone who was able to scoop up a handful of N95s, that healthcare system would not reimburse them. And they're not going to buy out of that established contract with a specific medical supply company, whoever your hospital system has. So it's we've almost made what was a temporary shortage last for an extended period of time because of these contractual financial relationships. So the medical system is run like the NFL, where like the NFL can only wear Nike. So you can't wear anything else. Yes. The medical system, they're like, just play naked. Nike's not in business anymore. Yes. It's like a bidding system. So you, as a, yeah, as a company, you approach a hospital and say, I can give you this for all of your cleaning supplies. So you're, if they just like removed that and they were like, look, for this period of time, that doesn't matter. Hospitals need these things. Sometimes they could have been acquired. It was screamed for and it never happened. But, you know, we go. So and- when there's a bid put out. Is it, you know, like the government where they are obliged to go with the lowest bid? I don't think so. Okay. However, because of the hierarchical obliged. leadership mm-hmm, of, <laughs> of most of these systems, because, you know, it's interesting because we're marching because we say that all lives matter. But in medicine, what we've proven out of this pandemic, that lives have a monetary value. It's like $72,000 a day. And and it's not free, and it's not a good thing. Like whenever you start More than saying I make in three years, yeah. Whenever you start saying like, hey, this is how much a human life a human life costs to us as a system. Like you, we can't we can't have both things because one is in antithesis of the other. But it it's you know there are very few actual medical practitioners making decisions about how to handle pandemic supplies. And it's because MBAs and, you know, business majors are running these for-profit and non-for-profit, which is a complete different the whole thing, hospital systems. Not pr- for-profit, however, we reserve <laughs> mm-hmm. the right to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. I was having this conversation with Selena the other day because she had just had a, you know, a case that required some hardware implanted and um, happily, this one turned out fine because the, the good stuff is still on the shelves at this uh, particular organization. She was working um, under their umbrella. Um, and it, she's just like, yeah, I'm used to these. This is what I would choose, you know, because when I help a patient, I'm going to choose the very best thing because the cost is not my issue. It's like I want the best possible outcome for this person for the rest of their life. And um, I admire her for that. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then... Um, uh, this organization was saying, hey, we're going to switch for some, a lot of these anchors, implants, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we're going to switch to another supplier because this one that we have been using, they're just too expensive. So we're going to go with the lower qu- cost, however, less reliable, proven less reliable in actual human bodies and under use. Um, uh, but it costs less. That's a major issue. And if you don't have healthcare providers like Selena, who put the patient first, it healthcare system is going to make a decision like that for surgeons, and in order, in excuse me, in order to make up for the difference in cost, you're going to see an increased volume in procedures because of these 
you know. Oh yeah, no, we can if not, we just give them the five year implant. Yeah. We'll just get them. You'll just get them to come back. Cheaper equipment, yeah. more you know, more uh, non elective or sorry, elective procedures, non essential procedures to occur, yeah. so that we can make up for this huge profit loss. Yeah. So we that that could well. I actually think it's a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the presence of this virus um, could have influenced um, an overhaul of the current system. So, I mean, I hope, I, I hope but, so. I hope we don't <laughs> let it slide. Like, I, if there's something that I don't want to go back to normal, it's our healthcare systems for sure. I'm about to ruin your day. Okay. <laughs> Please do. I, like, how, how would it change? Like, the only way I can see a change is you bankrupt it. Like in America, money is, I mean, not only our currency, but that is what we value highest. Like th- this is, this is explained to me and we'll, we'll get into the, like the next part of probably what we're going to talk about is rioting and looting and the like ridiculous. Oh, we're talking about looting right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just <laughs> through the pandemic and an official corporation doing it under the, under, under the guise of doing business. Um, but why, like, why would you loot? Like, why would you, why would you do that to businesses? And I agree. Like, oh, it's really stupid. REI has nothing to do with police brutality, in a sense, until enough businesses lose enough money that they have to pay attention to what's going on. If you, if you want real change, you have to hit somebody in the pocketbook. Like, the dumbest thing you can do is to kill somebody for change. True. Right. Like, if I want to change a regime or, or like a. a a certain circumstance you don't just like assassinate people you're not hitting them in the pocketbook with looting though all that products insured some so insurance companies have a huge history of not covering looting during riots it's not it's it's a it's not an act of god yeah exactly it's it's like one of these filings so that how can that be it's an act of god's children (laughs) (laughs) all god's children's matter (laughs) <laughs> hashtag hashtag. <laughs> um would it be called a minion <laughs> all god's minions um yeah so i get it like you kind of and i'm not saying that looting is this is what it's doing but it's on a closer track than holding a sign that says feel sorry for us or like change your stuff i like and not saying that looting is going to do that. It's it, but it uh, as an idea, conceptual idea. I'm arguing that you need to affect somebody monetarily if you want change, not through looting, not through illegal means necessarily, but with what you purchase. Like the most, the most insane thing to me is that if you understood how the LVMH group works, like the Louis Vuitton fashion group, the fashion house, it's like billionaires that own every fashion house. They own. Every artist, everybody works under them. They are a completely archaic, fucking insane group of people that really, they control the market. They're as bad as De Beers. In fact, they might own De Beers now. Who knows? But they like they control the flow of the fashion design industry. And that control, you don't think it's important until you realize how much influence that has on media and, and everything else that goes along the chain. And the weird part about it is, like, they appropriate cultures and style and low, lowly artists. They steal everything. They sell it to a part of the demographic that, like, that they steal from can't afford it. And then on top of that, you have 
looters who are generally from poor economic status coming in to steal the status symbol, which gives it more power. It makes it more valuable, right? And like you said the other day, it's like, man, it's really weird. You don't really see people looting necessities. They're not like running in and getting groceries. They're not running in and like getting like cleaning supplies so they can stay safe for the pandemic. Medical supplies. Yeah, nobody's getting toilet paper now. That right. was all the rage a fucking month ago. Not looting the pharmacy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Medical care. They're, they're stealing fashion and TVs and all this like garbage that has no real value. It's it's perceived value. And I like if to be honest, it's kind of like a benefit to the fashion house. They're looking at like, oh man, look at all these people that want our stuff. And, uh, is, and insurance uh, will pay for it. So why the fuck do they care? Yeah, Louis Vuitton's probably going to come out with like the 2021 looting the, bag, the riot bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah, my riot bag is different. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have the monogram. I just have different items in it. Yeah, yeah, that actually would be a, a better. So not to get away from the hospital, thing, but like I, no, it kind of plays. How do you affect hospital? I, I mean, I, I people are pretty clear about how I think you should affect it. You take care of your own personal health. You don't need a hospital. They suddenly are bankrupt because they are so tightly wound to their overhead. What I financially, what I want to happen is yes, I want a definite shift in definition of health and how patients take care of patients. Everyone, everyone takes care of themselves because then you won't put such a burden on the system in order to turn out new expensive drugs, um, new expensive procedures, and you won't be putting, you know, you won't be filling up emergency rooms with non-emergencies because of just your overall poor health. But, oh man, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was um, going to say if it helps you, like I love expensive drugs, but. <laughs> you love expensive. Well, the institution will start trying to protect itself. Yeah, because as you sure. see it, where within you know the last several decades, you've seen a, kind of a cultural yeah. shift as far as people starting to pay attention to their health, exercising more, whether it's different programs from different organizations or whatever, and you see people not requiring, not needing on their side certain insurance aspects, and then being forced to hey, yeah. you have to have insurance and all this stuff that you don't need within that system. Oh, kind of like my um, my internet bundle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want you can't yeah. have that one thing. You have to get. Well, you saw it change. I have, like to, with I have to get fucking TV, but you, I don't. Have, before like, <laughs> data was a big thing, like data was unlimited, and then text messaging and calling cost something, right? So if you were grandfathered into one of those unlimited data things, like I was for eight years, they realized they missed the mark on what was going to be the valuable thing, because so many applications came out using data. That over, like made it so you don't need to use text messaging or you don't need to use calling minutes. And they go, ah, shit, they figured it out. So because you're grandfathered <laughs> in, they would switch it. But then they would do these little tricks. Like if you use over a gig, they slow your service down yep. so mm-hmm. that you have to cha- charge or like change and pay more. You probably remember when the medical board went after CrossFit. Do you remember that? Yeah. They went after uh-huh. them to get them licensed as a medical yes. provider so they could go after them for malpractice. And, yeah, and I remember where I was going. Okay. Is that we financially say the will be hurt by people making changes like that because we currently have a fee for service model, yeah. which is I get paid more, my system gets paid more yeah. for me doing more to you as a patient. And one of the <laughs> How reasons is that possibly a bad incentive. It, exactly, and one of the reasons these um, uh, elective procedures have impacted hospitals in such a way is because that's a large majority of where their income where their revenue income came from. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because 
you know, one thing that I would love to come out of this is, you know, a patient with, you know, that's in line for a microdiscectomy, I think I said this earlier, has had three months to lose weight and get better and back pain goes away. And now he doesn't need a $40,000 neurosurgical procedure right. ever how much they cost, which is right. the other thing. We don't know how much stuff costs. I bet you if you ask a neurosurgeon, oh. how much did that surgery cost? There's no, t- there's, there's no, no way. clue. I talk know. about yeah. this all the time. This just happened last night. So I went in, I paid cash for a COVID-19 test, right? I didn't mm-hmm. want to go to like a, a free place. I just like, I'll pay for it. Like I want to pay for it. Just let me pay the price. So I went to Granger Medical. Yeah, fuck you. They said it's $75. Here's my card. I'll pay over the phone because they don't accept payment when you're in there. I show up, do the test, get my result. Done deal. I just got another bill in the mm-hmm. mail for $125. Yes. Was it for the test or because you had to talk to somebody on the phone? No, it was for the test. So it just says that I paid 75 of some sum that they never mentioned before. And I can't remember if this percentage is correct. So if it's not, I apologize. But I think at one point I read that 8% of our total medical health care costs goes to administrative stuff like that. Let's yeah. fucking loot and the hospital. Let's go the, down to the hospital yeah. right now <laughs> with like a can of gas. <laughs> Some bricks because I hear they're in the but, street. Yeah, they're that, probably right out front. Yeah. And I mean, if anybody needs to be screaming for transparency, it's in your healthcare system. <laughs> yes. Like we, you know, the government has tried many, many avenues. You know, now we're getting uh, inundated with this thing called uh, MIPS, I think. And so it's basically like outcome-based payment models, which is in theory is phenomenal like if you're a patient and you want to get healthier mind body you know spirit soul like if you just want to have improvement in health like that's the type of provider that you need that's more driven by that but in reality it's volume it's turnover it's rvus it's but wait a minute so um outcome based that also implies a certain timeline basically like hey you can't you can't base my salary as a surgeon or my payment as a surgeon um, on the outcome of the knee replacement I did last month. You can't look at that person this month who still is not walking. Like, they came into the hospital, they could walk, albeit painfully, and then you cut their knee out and put a new one in. And now they're still, a month later, they're still not walking. We're not paying you. Fuck off. There are definitely going to be holes with it. <laughs> That's the thing about healthcare. Is there's Sorry, no it's a little one, bit simplistic no, it is. discussion, but it's just like, hey, we did this treatment and we and you lived 10 but, years longer than you would have. We didn't know it at the time. Like, But the thing that would come out of that is hopefully the orthopedic surgeon would go, oh, you're 300 pounds. I need you to lose 150 and get your diabetes under control before I do this because now I'm getting paid off of your outcome. Yeah. And then we'd see a decline in like hospital associated infections and it's going to do nothing but force us to be what we were intended to be at the beginning, which is an educated I don't want to say healer, but an educated educator, an educator and an empathetic one. Like you should care about your patients and they should be sick until proven otherwise. But you're the only one with the compass and the relationship. Like, why would you not spend a little more time helping your patient find the way towards health? Well, because there's 77 patients in line behind them. True. But there wouldn't be if you were getting paid off outcome-based data and not... But there's not one business that tries to lower the amount of customers they have, which is why, like... Uh, how is it so that there's no incentive for self-care really like Mm -hmm. there's really nothing that makes it like man maybe i shouldn't eat fast food every day 
even if there's not like like there's there's a chronic problem with health and that's why i think maybe one of the ideas that could go forward is like if you break healthcare into healthcare which would be preventative medicine which would be the only thing covered by insurance and then you have acute emergency which would be the additional thing that you can pay for in case of an emergency so acute intervention as in surgeries broken arms stuff like that cancer things that are kind of beyond your control Mm -hmm. but that if you have a riskier lifestyle you have to pay for that riskier lifestyle Uh, and maybe your riskier lifestyle is just i want to eat whatever the fuck i want to eat and therefore i'm more i'm predisposed to some of these illnesses therefore i'll carry an extra insurance for that or whatever and then there is the I want to sit on the committee that decides what is normal and what is risky. <laughs> I also, also want you to Me do that. too. Also want you on that committee. <laughs> and then there's the interventionalist, which is like non-necessary intervention. It's non-emergency interventionalism, which is like statin prescriptions and these things where we can like, yeah, there's medicines to treat certain variety of lifestyle factors that you can actually change on your own. Type 2 diabetes, all of this stuff. And none of that is covered by insurance. That's out of pocket. That's a direct fee. That being said, that would be a huge industry to go into. Now you're making money off people who directly have to be responsible for their outcome. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, yeah, I'll eat like shit. I'm going to fucking not give a fuck. I just want some insulin. I'm going to pay direct out of pocket. And when they chop off a toe, I'll pay for the surgery for that toe. It's out of pocket. But I'm choosing to interact in this kind of life. Instead of saying healthcare, we start breaking it apart because the industry is too big anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, there is, it's a conglomerate that includes pharmacology or pharmaceutical uh, corporations and insurance lobbyists and hospitals and nonprofit hospitals and everything in there. Yeah, this might be slightly off topic, but is there a difference between dying from type two diabetes and suicide? <laughs> hmm. uh, timeline. Yeah. <laughs> so no. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, so no. The no, only difference right? is, is <laughs> time, the time that it is takes. The time to do that it. it takes, yeah. But you're still slowly killing yourself. Yeah, yeah so and you're this... still leaving a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And on I the, mean, <laughs> and on the spectrum, you've got like gunshot to the head, suicide, and yeah. then you've got like you know somewhere it looks a lot like a Krebs cycle, right? Like ATP is really fast. Then there's like a you know a 12 second death. That's like seppuku or like <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then okay. there's like garage asphyxiation with it takes a little know, bit longer carbon monoxide That's... and then there's like type 2 diabetes which is like it starts when you're 18 and you're pretty like over life and then you kind of pass away at 65 so super fat burning yeah 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 long ultra endurance <laughs> ultra endurance suicide well that's one of the problems with having the life expectancy that we do is like it it really comes down to how do you define quality of life and how do you define health and how serious are you about it you know i wouldn't mind hanging around till i'm 88 89 but i sure as heck don't want it to be with half my knee gone you know you know from amputation from diabetes those are very specific numbers yeah well i think the average life expectancy for a woman is maybe 86 that high max yeah max life expectancy for americans on average yeah i i think that was (laughs) i mean you are an endurance runner so i guess you're in it for the long haul well so this is really interesting too because like i think if you backed up into any culture greek roman 
Japanese, whatever you take it. Most of... Do you realize how all of that sounded? <laughs> what? No. What, whatever you, you take it? You, you, you backed up... <laughs> to Greek culture, however you want to take like ancient, it. Ancient I mean, come Greek on. culture. <laughs> like, like the ancients, how they, like the life expectancy of ancients, right? The, how yeah. they perceived mm-hmm. death, because mm-hmm. we don't perceive death the same anymore. No. They would look at being hooked up to a machine for the last however many years of your life as a dishonorable death. And they should. Because it's weakness. Yes. Because it's like they don't, that that is not a value among mm-hmm. people that wanted to live a good life. Now we just have of like a value attached to um, a long life, but not necessarily a good life. True. And you also have different people defining, you know, end of life conversations are very difficult to have with families and our hospital system small. We have no palliative care team. So I've spent probably 70% of my time helping people and trying to help people live. The other 30% has been trying to help people die and under their own terms and surrounded by family and friends mm-hmm. and preferably not alone. But you have to you have to look at the way that we experience death and the way that we educate people about death. Because everyone thinks that uh, CPR is like it is on the TV. You know, that you get like, you know, these super bouncy chest compressions, yeah. but, you know, what's left out is, you know, helps less than 30% of the time. And we fracture every single rib. And if we do chest compressions on your 88-year-old grandmother, you we're going to... Break her you know, sternum. Yeah, we're going to break her sternum. Like, that is... Are you calling so, bullshit on Baywatch? N- I don't... Maybe I, I, I don't think know. I think they yes. went a little heavy on the rescue breathing. They did. <laughs> they it, now it's more focused on compressions. Oh, so, yeah. that was breathing. That, see <laughs> that they were. Yeah. That show makes so much more sense yeah. to me. It's though. about it life. Does, it's matter. about life on the beach and bouncing down the beach and things bouncing down the beach <laughs> and breathing and, and chest air and, and, che- and chest compressions, <laughs> but like standing chest compressions up and down of a yeah it's, chest inflations. Chest inflations. Hollywood <laughs> has definitely hurt us as far as end of life discussions go. But I think that <laughs> I think that people need to take the time now when we're actually talking about death on a quote unquote mass scale. Um, you need to really define what quality of life you want to have. And if you have older people in your family or even, you know, with your spouse, you need to talk about what you want, what you define as a, oh, yeah. a quality of life. Yeah. Because, you, you know, I, everything, you can't consider every single. Oh, say it. Say it. No, I, I uh, will. You can't consider every life valuable. That's where I was going. Yeah. Those are those are my opinions. Yeah. Well, oh, there are <laughs> things worse than death, though. There definitely There's are. There's a lot worse than death. For sure. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of affluent people who would be denoted in society as, quote, unquote, privileged because of their economic status are some of the highest suicide rates. Mm-hmm. And so... Obviously, that isn't the only predictor. Or like, that's not the value in life. So you're talking about enjoyment. And if you can't enjoy the the life that you want to, then it's saying that life is not worth living. Not My life may not matter one day. Right now, it feels great. It's fine. It's awesome. I'm going to go write about it. Like, it's the sooner just, you come to grips with that, the better. Yeah. Yeah. That And that being said, there's just some people are total pieces of shit and deserve to die. I think... Everybody can acknowledge that because we've seen history and certain people deserve to die. 
because they make other people's life worse. Mm. Sorry. Mm. (laughs) We're only 35 minutes in. We can't stop. Oh, okay. That would have been a nice stopping point, however. Well, I appreciate you letting me get a lot of that off my chest. No, I think that's really informative. Like, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand our healthcare system. Yeah, they, and that you should like if you how how can you like it, the true. shit you know you're what? going through like <laughs> sure. no that's it's... absolutely true like literally in the hospital half of what I did was social work stuff yeah. it was manipulating codes so and... medical system tax code yes basically oh my god are we gonna yes. record the call I'm gonna call Granger Medical Tech. Yeah. I, amp- I was gonna yeah, call last could, night, but they're closed, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh man, this should be recorded." Should. So even to that, like, so I went through the U- University of Utah, yeah. and they told me if I didn't have insurance, that it was free, and you ended up paying two hundred dollars, or that's what they're yeah, it'll, it'll end up being that. Yeah, yeah, I don't like. I don't even understand how to navigate it for myself as a provider or a consumer. All I know is that. On the other end of the phone, whenever I call for a prior authorization, which I feel like I'm not a very um, test and image laden provider, um, I believe in the physical exam, the history and present illness. Like most of the time, patients will tell you what's wrong if you mm-hmm. just listen. And I don't feel I want to do my part to not do a bunch of it, you know, unnecessary, unnecessary testing. Yeah. But whenever I call on the other end of the phone, I get usually a nurse who is going to tell me if the test that I want to run is going to be paid for by insurance or not. She's going to tell me without knowing any of the patient's history, without knowing my thought process, whether or not that test is deemed essential. And then what they bill, what the system bills, is always going to be over what they're actually going to be paid by insurance because there's a negotiation Mm -hmm. going on. Same thing with Medicare and Medicaid. They're constantly negotiating with healthcare systems as to payer percentages, like what they're going to pay. Yeah, the payout numbers. And mm-hmm. then which is how I got this... out of a lot of my bills was understanding the actual maximum payout mm-hmm. amount that an insurance company is usually a third of what they actually charge a non-insured patient. But what patients should really get fired up about is if you came to see me for that COVID test mm-hmm. and your insurance was going to pay 100% of it, if I use the wrong code, you're going to be responsible for the entire thing plus yep. the visit. So in reality, we're so concerned about HIPAA, but we're backhandedly propitiating. I want. I don't want to say. Did I say that? I still said it wrong. Yes, ma'am. Mm, potentiating. Potentiating. <laughs> That's. Um, or perpetuating. Perpet. It's a blend. You it's a blend. blend of both I, words, I like that. Okay. Maybe it okay. is. Maybe it Everyone's going to ignore everything I'm saying now because I've done cool. it twice. <laughs> Just That's say, cool. That's cool. Yeah. All you're doing <laughs> is encouraging. Oh, man, now uh, I forgot again. I, I don't know if you've paid attention to the country lately, but if you go by our president, the world does not care about grammar. Oh, man. <laughs> so well, you're doing just fine. So I can thank him it, for something. So the, the it, it's a the difference of, you know, what what is... Um, I mean, you it's true. You can't find out what anything costs beforehand, um, uh, even if you try. Lord you know, knows per, per, yeah. you know, several of Michael's examples. Um, but what I really appreciated after I had my hip replaced was getting this propaganda in mm. the form of an invoice mm. from my insurance company mm. saying, you know, there's an EOB, an ex- explanation of benefits. Uh, it, so there's an explanation of benefits, but, that's, but there's this column, and it appears to be the first one you get to was look at this massive. This, this, is, this is what these, you know, they tried to charge. 
and we negotiated a discount, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the hospital comes in at like $189,000, but we, we as an insurance company believe that was completely unreasonable. So we negotiated down to this price and then we paid them 70% of the, oh, you've hit your maximum out of pocket. I'm like, yeah, I don't actually have any pants anymore <laughs> that have a pocket in them. So, um, but, but it was it was this marvelous bit of advertising for for to what I saw as trying to make the patient, um, you know, be psyched to pay. It's that you is know that whatever outstanding ridiculous. thing yeah. it is because to, they, you know, they're to, in your corner. Mm-hmm. And then absolutely, it, we were we were out there negotiating for you, man. You couldn't believe. That, yeah. What was the bill I got for my chamber ride? <laughs> that showed back it was a seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, something like that. We'll tell you, seventy five thousand dollar bill for a chamber ride showed up in the mail one day. Yeah. But they were probably charging you for time wasted because of <laughs> silliness too. Um, yeah, it, it was my fault. Yeah, it, it was. was ben, were you ben a difficult went, patient and therefore no, got so, charged? No, this story's I way had to better go than that. Do some training to to do something, and they tell you beforehand don't um, work out strenuously before. Yeah. You know, so get done with everything goes just fine. It's pretty boring actually. And then they ask, hey, does anybody have any sore joints? And I was packing my bag, not paying attention. I heard it kind of in the back of the room before I even thought about it. I was like, yeah, my hips hurt because I front squatted really every mm-hmm. day before. Okay. Mm-hmm. They jumped on me. I was on a I was on a stretcher with an O2 mask on, strapped down. They thought I had a bubble in me, yeah. and they threw me in a chamber. He did some altitude training. Oh. And then they called me at and work. I was trying to tell them. I'm like, no, no, I, I, I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking. I front squatted yesterday. I'm fine. And it was. they were so excited to get me in that chamber. Oh, I bet. And then I was so irritated because I had to drive to another state. I get there and the doctor's like, "You didn't have to drive." Hey, he's state. in there. The army called me then. <laughs> um, so, um, so then I had to actually uh, drive down, and then the doctor came up and told me, you know, what happened. And then Ben said, "Yeah, I just really front squatted hard the day before and didn't think about it." So, how'd you feel afterwards? Great. There you go. Yeah, Great. all that <laughs> super concentrated chamber. oxygen's phenomenal for recovery. <laughs> Man, so that's what I gotta say next. Time. I wasn't even sore when I came out of there. I bet it was awesome. <laughs> I I've made do, worse mistakes. He just watched TV in like this little <laughs> just laying there bubble. naked, watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> like a t- like a six inch TV screen that's like right in front of your right face, on the other so side of the glass. Up, yeah. <laughs> okay, press the little speaker button. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, that's pretty good. I, yeah. No one should probably listen to us based off of that story. We say that every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yet here you two are. I know, <laughs> twice. Well, Second time. So what do you guys, like, Ben, maybe, I, mean, I don't know if, uh, do you want to say what you do for, or the, your experience, military, obviously, but. Yeah, like, no, I've just been in the military yourself? since, uh, I, I technically enlisted in the delayed entry program right. the week before 9-11. Oh, no shit. And then I actually went to basic training in uh, 2003, and I've been doing this ever since. Okay. so It's a while. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> like, I, I get this a lot. Uh, in fact, some people send in some stuff because we'll talk some shit on, you know, whatever and voice our opinions. But, like, legitimately, I, I, find, it, I find it disconcerting that um, the word patriot is almost a pejorative. Uh, like it really bothers me that like you you think a patriot and you think of somebody wearing like yeehaw daisy dukes with like a fucking american flag 
tank top or whatever and drinking a beer. Not like a proactive person that is really concerned with the philosophy that this country was based and is willing to like actually stand up for that, which means generally being in disagreement with how the government is run now and who runs it and who represents it. But that really bothers me. Is that is that fair to say that in your experience being in the military that that is a similarity? Yeah, no, it's definitely been manipulated. You've been fed a certain thing and it is a pejorative. Yeah. You've been shown, hey, this is what the Patriot is. Almost oh, from we'll politicians. Talk about the person. Oh, well. So, I'm sorry, what? I got thrown oh, off. Oh, almost from, like, it seems like almost politicians, especially like leaning a certain way, think of patriotism as a negative thing. Cause, and also nationalism for that matter. Like, nationalism as a divisive tool as opposed to a unifying tool. Yeah, well, nationalism also doesn't involve government. <sighs> Boom. Shit. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts, like, uh, on the, uh, especially, like, current affairs now? Um, obviously, we've spoken before this, but, like, how do you see this going? And, like, what is the importance of the National Guard getting involved? And... As far as militarizing, like militarizing police and its correlation to police brutality, what the difference is, what the military has to do with that. Well, anytime you have a civilian populace and they start becoming ever more violent, mm -hmm. that the response is always going to be more Escalation. violence. That, that's that's all there is to it. And so, when you have people that want to go out and fight police, mm -hmm. you wind up with militarized police. Right. And. They're not going to be able to get the training that they need in order to actually conduct those type of operations safely to actually de-escalate the situation and they wind up in a situation that they are not trained or prepared for and you get panic yeah. on both sides yeah, well there was a video last night that was pretty interesting because it was a guy it was a protester holding like an ar and it was like I mean, he looked like probably a 17 year old kid mask on and he didn't know he you could tell he was just terrified and you couldn't tell kind of what was going on but people were telling him to put the gun down and then he put it down and got tackled and a cop came running second and tripped and like blew his ACL yeah. and he's like yeah. probably 250 pound cop like I mean you know soft like a jelly bean kind of deal and then he couldn't walk after that and then you're like what in the fuck is going on? And, like, and I don't know if you, I mean, so he was trying to intervene to keep the kid from getting beaten up, but no one was controlling the firearm, which was left on the ground. Exactly. Which yeah. I was just like, uh, that seems to be the main thing here is to keep that out of anyone's hands. Yeah. Hence, you know, like the proud effort of that gentleman in Seattle. Um, to <laughs> strip that. <That's> <laughs> uh, so that that is another curious thing. It seems like there's, you know, I don't want to categorize it, but it seems like there are three three parts. There's police officers, right? Defend, like doing their job, making sure that it doesn't get like violence doesn't erupt. They 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 for the first time that I can notice are actually peacekeeping. <laughs> and then there's protesters who are trying to bring awareness to what is true of police brutality and uh, you know and then there's bad actors that come in and opportunists that are looting that that doesn't seem like it is part of the message would that be kind of how you see it definitely okay and, and they converge and i've seen both sides i've seen peaceful protesters pr 
protecting police officers from potentially harmful situations, like pulling them out and like calming everything down. And I've seen police officers do like, have enormous patience over potentially like catastrophic events, i.e. a guy holding a rifle that he got out of a cop car who doesn't know how to use it. So I just, I don't think they're, I think it just looks like mayhem to everybody, right? Like it, it is pure chaos out there, especially even in Salt Lake. I don't think, I mean, Thurk went and he just came back with an adrenaline dump, like getting fired at, like, and it's just going to escalate. Like there, I, I don't think at this point, like we understand that like an awful thing happened. I don't think that's everything, right? Like I don't, I don't think the killing of one man, although it seemed potentially obvious and public as an execution, I don't think that is what's going on now. I think there's like a keg of pressure from potentially the pandemic and potentially being laid off, not having work, not having an income, not having any supportive structures, not having any authority have a direction for where we're going or what we are supposed to do. Just to stay at home. Okay, here, wear this American burqa. And like then you're then then it takes <laughs> one thing and you're fucking at at arms because you're right that like the authorities don't give a fuck about us. And so what do you do? You like you don't you don't have a job to go to and you got a mask so you might as well fucking go down and join the revolution plus you have hundreds of thousands of people that have been told they were not essential and now they found a reason to be essential Mm -hmm. yes in that like i think it it all makes sense to me but it's eventually what i what i also make sense is it's only going to end in a really bad way it'll keep getting worse definitely um which is really strange because even if I had some legs to be like, fuck yeah, police do need to change their training. They do need the thing that they were yelling about, about justice being served. They did charge him with murder. After you get what you're asking for, you don't continue to break shit. You wait to see how that plays out. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, people, yeah, yeah. And but people are also complaining about something that they gave up that responsibility for. So if we go back in time a little bit, you had one sheriff in the town. And if something happened, he gathered the men in the town and he gave marching orders, so to speak. Like, I either want this guy dead or alive or I want him alive. Right. And then he Deputized was the guy. Exactly. Way, like, uh, brought so, community okay. support res- in, um, which also brought a, a, maybe a bit of a cons- – yeah, there's a mob mentality that can happen as well. But there's a bit more consensus. That, like, right. we are self-policing. And they knew who was in charge. If yeah. he, if the sheriff said he wanted that guy back, that guy was brought back. And it yeah. was every man's responsibility for the safety of that town. Mm-hmm. And we forfeited that, and we handed it off to somebody else, and now we're complaining about how they do that. Uh, and, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it's been shown in, in areas like Dayton where community policing is the answer. Like, y- you need fundamental... Uh, players that understand the small community in order to understand how to police it as in they almost have to know who's in it right and potentially ah fucking hank down the road really likes to you know drink and drive we got to fucking handle him and if i see him out he's going into the bin but we also know you know that person who gets drunk and outlandish he's not really going to kill somebody therefore when i 
you know, come to the bar and he's acting out and breaking bottles, I don't shoot him. I subdue him some other way. That's just Billy. He, that's right, that's yeah, Billy's yeah. Friday night. We'll just get him home again. Oh, so you say, it's yeah. always Hank. You yeah. always see no, no, small town policing is different than For policing sure. conducted well, in like a major metropolitan, yeah, metropolitan yeah. area. Well, I've got a question then. Yeah. So does that mean that African Americans are going to be better police are they better to police themselves because they understand their communities better? But there is some data on that and it does show some improvement. But, or is that, or is that racism? Like, I don't understand, like, I don't, I don't understand why, how different ended up. I think suggesting it as a white person is, is potentially thought of as racist, but I see it as like, how, how do we get people who understand other people to make sure that they're safe. How do we keep them yeah. in peacekeeping? What? I just don't like that word. What? Racist. Oh, I, I, know, I, I think yeah. it's ridiculous it, it, too. But. It was developed by Trotsky during the Bolshevik Revolution and with the intent for beating down dissidents. No shit. It's like we got two fucking Michaels in here. Yeah, ben, fuck, man. Ben, God damn it, Ben. It was a word developed specifically to use as a weapon against dissidents. It feels like a weapon when people say it. Yeah, like, it it's, it's always in confrontation. Yeah. And maybe that's like a duh, but it's and, never like... And it's used to get you to stop talking about something. Exactly. You can't ask, Now you have to defend yourself from yeah, what I, I just you called you. You can't ask questions to understand. You have to like constantly be on the offensive or at least the defensive because you know something, some backlash is going to come yeah, back your way. I just defensively asked that question because, but I like seriously would just like to know. Well, yeah. No, I think it is a good question because I think people do understand that communities are different based off of how you're brought up, whether that's culturally or racially different. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the hardest things and you could, you would know this obviously better than me, but that was one of the hardest things in going into Afghanistan is not understanding the culture, like not understanding anything about Islam or even, you know, the past 50 years of regime change and all of that, all of those underlying things that make things boil. And so although like community policing, like that's one thing, um, the the racial thing comes up and I, like I have a hard time with it because now everybody's posting black squares and I go, like I thought this was about police brutality and not to defend the fact that the the all lives matter comment back is usually somebody just trying to be against the black lives matter thing in in my argument no lives matter because of how we actually treat each other like how we're yelling at each other should highlight the fact that no nobody's lives matter coronavirus should have highlighted that nobody's fucking life really matters no one really gives a shit Right, they're protecting themselves, and that it's self-interest that drives things, but not like autonomous self-interest. Except for when you can um, pass it off as altruism. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like you're because yeah, we're all selfish. We're like interested in preserving ourselves, shielding ourselves from this thing. But then we see someone else out there taking the risk that we're not willing to take. So we have to point out that they are threatening. You know, do it for Grandpa Joe. Or Grandpa Hank, because he, you know, <laughs> and you're like, no, but I got to go to the liquor store for Hank, you know, because it, ma- it would make <laughs> sense. It, it would totally make sense to take this banner under the Black Lives Matter, like ideology or like whatever they're 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 protesting. It would make sense if the actual numbers reflected that, but the actual numbers do not reflect that. In 2019, 
19 white people were unarmed white people were shot by cops only nine black people were shot by cops now granted there's way less like i mean they are a minority so that the numbers make sense but the brutality is still in numbers wise affecting a different race more and therefore the all lives matter actually has some feet like it has some it has an excuse. I just don't like the people that fucking wave that flag because they tend to be, I don't know, illiterate in well, something it's, else. It's weird because that's what the pandemic flag is raising. All lives matter. And now, you know, now it's this. <laughs> oh my is, God, you're so right. You know what I'm saying? It's totally. like, I don't, that's what's so confusing about this to me. We can't is, have you too unified. Yeah, we, oh, we're Jesus trying. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so. That is really funny. That That is like the mask wearers thing. Uh, sorry, I, I was going to call it the American Burger again, but I thought that was go I with loved, white Sharia. I loved Mark's face. White when you said that, he was like, "Oh, <laughs> well." I mean, as a feature of like, you gotta imagine that like fascist Islamic countries are fucking rolling in their seats right now because of how much we condemn, you know, the the authoritarian making people like making women wear burqas and like covering their face. It's like it's anti-woman and how dare they treat people like that. And now we're like shaming each other for not wearing a mask mm-hmm. and covering our face even though there's no data to support it. It's literally the fucking same thing. Mm-hmm. I was gen- I genuinely thought that lady was going to be happy for me when I wasn't wearing the mask in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. And she confronted me about it, and yeah. I told her, oh, I've already had it, and I got over it. Oh, but yeah. That's no. why I don't need to wear a mask. Yeah. But instead, she was just angry. very angry that I wasn't wearing a mask. Well, because haves and have-nots are are going to be the thing. Like, as as wealth gets distributed farther and farther away from the mean, you're, you're going to see... And that, that's what looting is, like, a really good example of that. It's like, that is opportunism. How can I get mine? Like, I feel like I am entitled to nice things, too. Therefore, oh, shit, mayhem, it's my opportunity to grab something. And now you already got a mask, so looting just got even easier. <laughs> yeah. Totally. This <laughs> really goes together, like, sequentially really yeah, well. Yeah, that's why maybe the masks are, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, oh. they're respecting so, no, not social distancing. Oh, never mind that. <laughs> that narrative doesn't fit. Yeah, right. But they have a mask on, so they don't have to be far away. So oh, I can't, Keegan. I can't get this out of my head. But there are videos of cops putting bricks on streets and loading up trucks. What the fuck is that? I, I don't know. Do we I put like, it on our tinfoil hat now? No, they were taking them um, off of the street so that protesters didn't use them. They were putting the cones around them to keep the protesters away, right? I thought so. Okay. Oh, Guys, oh, the I'm orange cones that you, you yeah. like, you're not allowed to walk Danger past caution, and they stop those you. invisible fences right. of yep. law and order. Yeah, super those. useful for trapping a tear gas grenade and then pouring water down the mm-hmm. hole. And I mean, uh, so strategically, it, let's say... I mean, like how the, the fuck... This is... And Alan brought this up um, when we were talking about it on Friday night. He was just like... Or, or Saturday night, I guess, because that's when it kicked off here. was was like, I guess no one watched the... inner. Like, you want to learn how to protest... We had a model last year in a foreign country of super organized, dedicated, very smart, very adaptive, resilient protesting. And no one here learned a fucking thing. 
Because we weren't Be, paying attention. Because we weren't paying it, but it's all available on the internet now. You can go. I was going to post some of that stuff, but then I thought, oh, someone's going to call me out for inciting, you know, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, well, no. I mean, you should know that how you can handle a tear gas grenade when it gets thrown at you. You shouldn't j- not just leave because they want you to, because you were already not, you know. Or defeat like, a like camera a, from facial recognition. Yeah, exactly. Which now we're like we are kind of, you know told to do so right now put on a mask put on some goggles this Go, is get downtown this like, is my favorite um post so far throughout the i mean pandemic everything this so 2020 this is number this one this is top this, post of 2020 this is the top okay this is the tops and uh, the video almost goes to the guy trying to get the atm onto the bus that is fucking uh, that that for brilliant. sure is a close it's on the podium it's for sure <laughs> up there i mean we're waiting to do the awards after this thing ends and we're all dead but yeah okay chris martin palmer at chris oh. palmer nba um this would be two days ago burn that shit down burn it all down from a photo of a building being on fire chris martin five thirty one twenty. They just attacked our sister community down the street. It's a gated community, and they tried to climb the gates. They had to beat them back, then destroyed a Starbucks and are now in front of my building. Get these animals the fuck out of my neighborhood. Go back to where you live. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yep. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I did tell Michael, Mark, and Keegan that if that guy had read the strength manual, he would have been able to get that ATM on the the top step of that bus, and he would have been following our ATM diet as yes. well. He has yes, that makes people stronger. He has, uh, and now he's got enough money to buy the manual. Yeah, yep. that's what I was gonna say. Get yeah. a shirt while you're at it. Yep. <laughs> so I was now. I didn't see the conclusion of the video, but um, he did not. He was unable to get he it was onto the unsuccessful bus. Unsuccessful to get it on the top step. Yep. So Damn. I felt I felt this line. This comes back to it, but I I just flipped some of my pictures. But it has to do with what Julia was talking about and uh, end of life and stuff like that. So I, I don't want to like, you know, retard the conversation. But I do. I wanted to read this. You might accelerate it. Yeah, I am not here to live forever as a sick animal. And then, as the French, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but I'm gonna try. Yeah. Place à autre, make room for others. How do you do? <laughs> Not very well. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't it doesn't matter because true, he true. translated for us and um and the translation was pretty yeah make room for yeah exactly <laughs> make room mm-hmm. period. <laughs> so I saw a saying once and it was behind a pull up bar at a at a thing and it said be someone great and I thought that was really neat the first time I saw it. No, it was about like 20 years ago almost. But yeah. thinking about it now, it should say do something great. Oh, yeah. For sure. Instead do something of, great, that's a trademark by um, like one of the banks, I think, that has a credit card. Oh. Like if you have their credit card, you can actually be greater. I don't know if that's true or not. But it's it just, when you said greater. be something great, I'm in just like, fuck, that's right. Because we think we're the greatest country and we're in more fucking debt than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Dig something. Great. You have to. I, I mean, from, like a grave. Kind of from from just a a rational helicopter perspective of American culture. You kind of have to think that how people act is. I mean, we really do act like our authorities, right? Like we leverage debt. We don't pay anything back. In fact, I want to read this because I wasn't going to, but 
we had an individual who came um, to a symposium in September, and admittedly, he um, has he he got his fill. He says, um, and he said it'd been a while since he'd listened to us because he had a lot of thinking to do. Um, the first part is great because he gives you a hummus recipe. Yes. <laughs> Which I screenshotted. I'm going to follow at some point. So uh, yeah. If you try it, let me know how it goes. Okay. Uh, the next part's even greater because it just says, I got a, dis- a Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> and that allowed me yeah, yeah access to... Um, and then the third part is even better because he's reading Yukio Mishima, which is fucking right on. Um, and then he gets into read COVID-19. Um, and, and I think this has a lot to do actually with, uh, with just authority in general. So I'm going to try to read the whole thing. Um, read COVID-19. It's been interesting to see how the discussion has been about the actions taken between Sweden and Finland. 418 versus 56 deaths per million at this time. has been quite civilized, though people do shout that, that what they should be doing or what we should be doing and vice versa. Still, people have been able to understand that it is a difference in policy based on much of the same info. And the difference is in balancing different aspects rather than uh, one being correct and the other not. We have a lot of trust in our government. He's Finnish even to a point of it being childish, naive, especially without context. We actually do think and believe that the man has our best interests in mind. It helps when you have to get people to commit to something, whether it's stay at home or using a seatbelt. My uncle works for the Hungarian embassy, and because of the Soviet history, they still don't like to wear seatbelts. They haven't had the experience of the authorities having their best interests in mind. So even when the rules might make sense also for themselves, the distrust stops them. It remains to be seen if our trust in the government will fuck us over, grandly at some point, but so far it has served us well. The welfare state in Finland was actually built quite late in the 70s, where parties uh, from both sides committed first to rebuilding, paying back war reparations, and then adopting the Scandi welfare state to us. So we had this nationwide commitment to an experiment, and that turned out immensely well. So the current governments are still riding, on that, uh, riding out on that trust capital of that. Of course, we are considered naive, dumb, even for paying back the reparations in the first place. There was a comic in the, to this effect uh, published in New York Times at the time, and I think we are still the only country to pay them back in full. So what I take from that is, at, like, it's totally true. Like, our country is in debt. It leverages. It bets poorly. It never actually does anything that it says it's going to do. Why would we ever expect the people under those authorities to be different like you're a product of your environment and so the even the authorities are distrusting of its people so why would the people be trusting of the authorities or of some of the people themselves yeah i think one of the most important things in there is the distinction between where he says, "Look, this is not a you know how Norway did it versus mm-hmm. how Sweden handled the um, the the, uh, the virus outbreak, whatever. Um, it's it's not a question of right or wrong. Mm-hmm. This is a policy question, and we are making these moral judgments mm-hmm. based on the fact that we think life matters, or yeah. something, or that it's like a, there's a fucking scoreboard somewhere. But it's just like no, this is this is what this is the policy we chose." And guess what? We are um, shouldering the consequences, shouldering the yeah. responsibility, regardless of our good outcome, bad outcome. Yeah. It's like, this is what we chose to do. 
And you from the outside, from somewhere else, even from inside, you can say, hey, you were wrong. And we'll go, yeah, maybe we were. But it's also what we chose to do. I appreciate your, your opinion and your willingness cool. and to, to, to share it. However, um, you know, we did the best we could with the, and, and what would and, and what shall we do now? If, you know, let's say we were wrong. Let's say let's let's use, you know, the all of the wrongness in the U.S. Mm-hmm. over this overreaction, underreaction, misdirection, lies. OK, what now? Oh, well, as I believe I said on a previous podcast, it was like no one's going to admit to ever having right. done anything wrong. It is simply the problem has simply been replaced with another more dramatic, which problem. is the only morally wrong thing. Oh yeah, is not being honest. I mean, and you know, Trump tried with the whole China, mm-hmm. you know, dis- misdirection thing, sure. whatever that was, like three days before um, uh, George Floyd was murdered, um, and like. Okay, that didn't work. That I mean, it, it's just, and I'm not saying that any of this is is orchestrated necessarily, with the exception of um, the bricks. <laughs> no, I was just gonna. I was actually gonna gonna say the the rather remarkable display of like deep seated insecurity and overcompensation that we witnessed yesterday at six thirty p.m. Yeah. Eastern. So. Uh, I, th- I I see exactly uh, like that example of it's not about who's right. It's about to like if you try different things collectively as small communities, Tenth Amendment kind of rings a bell, then it you are just experimenting, which rep which resembles nature. And so what what should we do with police brutality? Well, we should for sure the first thing is set up fifty different experiments on how to like change this problem. I, I, or you know, do a public execution and annihilate that motherfucker in front of everybody. Like you guys want violence? Let's do it on television right here. Slit this motherfucker's throat, or use that fucking guillotine and show them what what they're asking for. And let's eat cake. Yeah, for and sure. I was told one time you're not where you start is not where you finish. Being that things change, yeah. the truth changes. So. We make decisions, we try something, mm-hmm. maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, maybe we need to evolve mm-hmm. and try something. Maybe new. we maybe need tweak to hot things, wash, do, you know, after something happens so that we can respond better in the future or we can change, um, you know, while this is still an ongoing or developing situation. And as long as the intention's pure, then we know we're going the right direction. Yeah. I feel if like- we can confront ourselves. I feel like people want honesty and fairness. Yes. And I don't think that you can have those things together until you isolate and focus on a specific group. Hmm. Does that make sense? So it's like, if you're going to have honesty in a policing force and fairness in a local government, doesn't it make sense that you deal with just your community in order to achieve those things because i don't feel like you can have them both on a mass scale right well clearly you can't i mean and and, you know the the virus demonstrates that you you're not going to have the the same plan implemented across a wide variety of communities and have it be equally effective Mm -hmm. or equally welcome in each of those places according to local Mm -hmm. conditions and i still don't understand why we're screaming for it like if the pandemic has already taught us that why are we 
you know, protesting for it now. Because we, I, don't I don't think we know what we're actually screaming about. I, like it's, I, it's maybe almost, that's I, the root of it. I yeah. believe that's correct. Yes. I, I almost, it's like, I mean, it gets said like, oh, it's a temper tantrum. It really is. Like, it's really like frustration and anger on a level where you don't even know why you're hurting but it probably has something to do with the last three months or even the previous years or or, or the what previous a, 200 years exa- i mean it yeah, doesn't exactly, yeah. like it, it it's and, and this is my biggest frustration right now is i would like to be able to identify the head that needs cutting off yeah and the problem is so endemic and decentralized which and I think the decentralized part is is I mean it's an effective means of yeah. um, uh, influencing large crowds of people. It's, it's the benefit reg- of bureaucracy. It's, well, it's insulating, it's and some people would see that as a benefit. Benefit of the masses. Um, it I, yeah. I I find it kind of unhelpful right now when I'm looking for a neck. Right. Right. Like and 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 unfortunately and, and it's just like fuck. Who's responsible for this? Uh, well, actually, the best response to all of this is to say, uh, well, we identify who's responsible. Us. All of us. What do you got to do? Kill us. All of us. Yeah. Make dirt. Yeah. Plant seeds. Alien invasion. They'll be stoked. <laughs> they can grow crops. I, do you know what baff- I mean? I'm- do you know what baffles my mind? Like, compl- and this one I I can't really get over is how long it's taking to to. I, I mean, they see what's happening over the country that they can handle it. Like, I know we have government agencies that can handle things. Why we can't handle the executioner that that took place that's, that's charged this whole thing? Even though I admit that's not the real problem, but. Jeffrey Epstein can commit suicide. Uh, he he did. It all serves a purpose. With he had some friends Ooh, who helped him. That's interesting. It all serves a purpose. To, like to keep the madness going. I th- is that the is, ultimate tinfoil hat conspiracy? Is like actually like yeah we like if you I mean because kind of if you do want change you got to keep that ball rolling. Like, imagine if you wanted to pacify, write another $1,200 check. It's been 10 weeks, hasn't it? Um, yeah, something like that. Well, for you, it's been like three days. But, <laughs> but that's not necessarily, like, I, I don't think at this point um, that is in, like, like a, a, a payout is not enough. You don't think that would work? I don't. Especially the way it was what done, because this? you had to file a tax return in order to get like a right. thing or it's, whatever. But but what if what if you were just it would go back off the back of your old uh, your other tax return, and you would get one unless facial recognition systems picked up that you were at or looting or at a, a protest. How many people would fucking stop? They're like, whoa, 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 whoa! I you can wear a mask, but also. They probably can get past that. I don't know. They probably have retina fucking drone scanners by now. You can correct me on that. I, <laughs> I, I, um, or just use phone data. Like, oh, your location services says you, you were at a protest. You don't get a fucking twelve hundred dollar check. They're already How, doing that for tracing. Yeah, for, for sure. For yeah, contact no. tracing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and the, the you systems. are protesting in a pandemic. So, contact tracing is they they yeah they trace. 
Oh, well, that should I, overwhelm the but, system. But yeah. really, if we wanted to control <laughs> violence and we're really talking about like, oh, these protests are violent, therefore they're out of control, we need to send in the National Guard. Isn't the more appropriate way to stop them is just to threaten them with a lack of money? I mean, that is the language of America. You won't get paid. Motherfucker, what? I'll do whatever you say. I think the response to, uh, you know, a number of, you know, a good percentage would be like, I already don't get paid. Like I never have. I'm 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 part sure. of a uh, of a population living in a particular location right. where it's where work is not available. But but it would do it, you, um, you have to like I understand that there's going to be some people that would yeah. still rot. Like there's this antifa or whatever the fuck. Oh, they get paid, don't they? For isn't sure, that, isn't that what their I read? parents definitely get paid? <laughs> right or white <laughs> fucking white kids from the suburbs setting shit on fire. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done it if I was that age. And under whatever banner gave me access to firearms and arson, like, man, I would probably be on board. Can't just. I know you, you're in too. We're in the same. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I just only, <laughs> only by sheer good luck, I didn't set the neighborhood on fire multiple times. <laughs> but I, my. I I, I I can't wrap my head around the you know the the idea of okay we the targets are so global so large that of course nothing can um ever be resolved like you go oh it's police brutality and I'm like well where did they learn that oh from the top down like it was it you know where does the misuse, the shit relation, misuse of power, the shitty relationship with power, what, you know, what are the examples that people are following in, you know, by the time they are expressing that um, upon another person? Like, where's that, where's that coming from? So I think people are on, like, are selling themselves, oh, don't stop with the police. Yeah, brutality goes. You know, like you were the the, the police are. It, that's a tool, right? Not a very educated one, and it needs to be better trained, or whatever you want to say about it. Right, but something, some, some one, mm -hmm. air quotes, something is using the tool. Right. Okay, work your way up the chain. Here's another tool. This might you'll like this one. World Health Organization has confirmed a second ongoing Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Since May 18, six oh. individuals with the highly I was hoping contagious... you were about to say in, within the Democratic Party, but um, <laughs> has that <laughs> outbreak ever stopped? <laughs> well, that's the weird thing. Like they know that it disappears without a trace, and then it'll pop up again. It has a really weird life cycle. I just thought that was wait, guys, no, but. What? Pay attention to us. <laughs> Is solidarity like, also the answer to making the Ebola outbreak go away? Because that was the first recommendation by the WHO was solidarity. How does that functionally work? World <laughs> Health Organization not talking about health. Yeah. I mean, oh, it was for like, sure. Yeah. I mean, do, I wonder if they're, does um, increasing my soy oil um, content and ingestion, does that help with Ebola? Too? I think it kills it. Because you'll at some point already die. I'll just so. directly inject yeah. it. Hmm. Clean yourself out from the inside. <laughs> yeah. Guys, you gotta put the light inside. Guys. You gotta get the light inside. 
I've I've never laughed so hard at something. (laughs) Like I, it circulated around in so many forms of memes, short videos, like it just to our entire like provider thread. It was. I'm just like blue light enema. I know, right? Come on. I'm like, get, you just got to take the bite valve off the camel back. Oh, we're back at that. I was going to do a red light enema because I hear the red light's good for like rejuvenating tissue. But blue light is more appropriate at the time. This was my favorite part about it because (laughs) the apologist that came in on that went, well, actually, there's something called blue light therapy and it actually does go in. And then there's actually something called hydrogen peroxide IV and they're actually showing good things with viruses and whatever. And he goes, oh, that's what he was talking about? Let's go back and ask him. I was being facetious. Like, I was sarcastic. I was talking to a journalist. Like, no, you're talking to the doctor that, like, informs you on stuff. Like, no, I was just being sarcastic. So you're not talking about blue light therapy. No, you're not talking about hydrogen peroxide. Go back to the the apologist. What the fuck, man? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Go drink bleach. There is something called called blue light therapy. Well, there's also something called vitamin D therapy and. uh, and and that is um, well, that'll get you that. that'll get you deplatformed fucking quick. Oh, Jesus Christ! Right? Holy fuck! Did you see the? Um, and I don't even know what it was that I guess it was an Instagram post um, that Mike Glover put up that got taken down and he got kind of deplatformed. Oh, so yeah. now he had to start talking on his YouTube channel the other day, <laughs> you know, and make it very clear I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking. Let me clarify. Let me be. You know, more clear. Let me reiterate. Let me say this again. I'm not talking about any of these things. It's like, whoa. Back to defending yourself. Yeah, exactly. We're going to keep, we're going to make you defend yourself so you can't say what you believe is important to be said. Can we find the bottom? I, I don't know. I mean, no, probably not. <laughs> Which is sad. I almost <laughs> want to go back to what you said initially hmm. when you were saying you didn't really want to talk about things and maybe they're not beneficial if you feel you can't change them. Yeah. And that, that's, that's what's referred to as the tyranny of choice. Okay. So, because the more you learn about something, now you have a responsibility and obligation to act upon what you know versus sitting back and not making a choice. I would agree with that. And that's that's why I feel compelled. Like it's not that I give a shit about people, right? Like I do not care if somebody loses weight. I don't give a fuck. Like none of those fat lives matter to me. Like they because I believe in personal choice, and they chose that life, and I don't want to take that choice away from them. But because I have information that perhaps if you're in that situation and you didn't know, I feel compelled to explain that actually improving your odds improves your health, which will improve your chances. And therefore, it's like a lot of people use this platform to make themselves themselves relevant, but I feel like how you did. I feel like obligated. I'm not charging anybody for this shit. It does, like, I don't like that stuff. I don't like being like, guys, I have the answer. Like, pay me money. But I do feel like if you know something, you should probably tell somebody something. You know, it's like the buddy rule or the molester thing. You mean if you see something, say something? Yeah, except maybe not in a such <laughs> fucking terrible context as what's happening right now with masks and protesters and contact tracing. Uh, I was just thinking about abandoned packages on the tube, but whatever. Gotcha. I think that's where that originally came from, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's still the, the signs are still up there. Yeah, um, and they even—I mean—they still to this day don't have trash cans in the tube. They just have clear plastic bags hanging. 
I, I just, I recall once, um, like going into a post office somewhere here in Salt Lake City, and someone um, like walked in and set a pack, like set a box down, and Do then say something, and then walked back to the, you know, and then left the yeah. building, like, you know, obviously, or yeah. it turns out that you know they were going to get some more right. items to ship, but that would never go. Like you go into the post office in France, someone walks in, sets down a box, and leaves. Fucking people are running Run. for the doors. I was say, <laughs> I mean, that happens, and like, Mark puts on ear protection and eyeglasses, <laughs> like, <laughs> waits for him to come back in. Um, no, because it's illegal for me to carry a firearm into a federal, um, certainly into a post oh, office. That's right. It would have to be yeah. US, uh, and wear a mask and carry a firearm. Well, I can do that in a bank right now. In fact, it's mostly <laughs> part of it, at least, is recommended. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the other one is insinuated, <laughs> depending on the bank you go to. In, in our heads, tr you know, when we ask for something, we ask people to do something, we have trouble understanding how far sometimes people will take it. Mm -hmm. And then we have to establish, like, stupid rules yeah. in order to keep people from taking it, you know, too far. So uh, let's let's just remark about this situation. I want you to wear a mask. Mm. I don't want you to wear too much mask. Like, because what was it, the M17 something like, I can't remember what the model number is right now. One okay. that gives, you can get a nice cheek weld, even oh, though the right. canisters are really hard to take off. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, so that is an inappropriate, like that, you wear that mask into Whole Foods? And they it's bum too, out. It's too much. It's just too much. It's too much. It makes people uncomfortable. However, this, you know, but that's the effective mask. And I'm concerned about my health and your health. You know, I'm not breathing anything out that, yeah. you know, well, maybe I actually am still, it's just a, like a basic bullshit one-way valve. So I probably could expel virus um, should I be infected. But, um, but I'm, you know, my life matters. So I'm going to wear this thing. And you're telling me that, that, that you know, that, that I've got to be saving lives with my mask. Um and then all of a sudden you're telling me not to, you know, you, know, you got to wear the one that doesn't work. Like, <laughs> because people, because then it's just like, it's more fucking security theater. For sure. You're not so wearing not about it the to, virus. Exactly. You're not wearing it to not get the disease. You're just wearing it to make everybody else happy. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yes, which is exactly why security, a, yeah. a, 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 a more um, <clears throat> compelling mask should be worn because it makes people uncomfortable, which makes them confront their mm -hmm. circumstances. And like, well, if he's wearing that, why don't I have that? Or don't or, wear a mask. Good point. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you could do that because that also <laughs> makes people feel kind of uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. So they, they hand out masks at Whole Foods, right? Like if you go- Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they'll, and they'll ask you, would you like a mask? And like, I had one, but Aaron didn't have one. In my head, I go, Next time I'm going to go, I'm not going to bring a mask. And then I go, yes, why, thank you. Put the mask on. Do you have hand sanitizer? Yes, thank you. Do you have gloves? Yes, cool. Gloves. Okay, do you have an apron? Do you have like a face shield? And as soon as they run out of stuff to give you, you go, what, you don't care about people's lives? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? I'm going into a store. Arm me. Like, yeah, yeah defend me. Yeah. <laughs> give me the tools with which to defend myself. Oh, you don't want that. Yeah, weird. You just want everybody to die? Like, God, how inconsiderate. Yeah, well, at least they won't die in Whole Foods. They'll 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 leave and die elsewhere. So, not before I cough all over to the fruit and vegetables. Yeah. I'm interested to see if there's actually going to be an increase in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths 
after yeah. all these things. Yeah, after all. Because I, I Intuitively I you should, right? Intuitively you should because you're aerosolizing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, well, particles. You're shouting. You're shouting. I mean, like one of the <laughs> biggest, you know, spread instances that we had in Washington state was a choir practice. I mean, when you're shouting, you know, and no are shit. you Mhm. And are you less worried about, you know, the the younger protest protesters out on the streets, you worry about, you know, this quote unquote scary asymptomatic carrier again, you yeah, know, the, taking the, it the, back. The, the, the guy, the older gentleman here in Salt Lake. Fat was, Legolas? Um, no. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the bow and arrow guy. No, no, that, oh. that was a different guy. Oh. He was, uh, <laughs> like, if he gets it, whatever, like, that guy, I think he hit his head a little too hard once, but um, no, I'm talking about it was way more dangerous for that older gentleman with the cane that the SWAT cops Oh. Fucking <laughs> kick <laughs> to the fucking kick to the ground. Yeah. It was way more like the police were more dangerous to him than the virus was. I mean, still he's got like three more, three four more days of incubation before we know the truth about that. Yeah. But holy fuck, did you see what the what when they um, realized that they were being filmed? No. How after? Oh, you should go back and watch that little. I didn't video. watch the end of it. I just saw the guy get kicked. Yeah. So there's like two guys, you know, yeah. pushing down, and there's somebody in the background with a phone, and they're and, and that guy's being, you know, so he, they're being filmed from multiple angles, and one of them just like, kind of looks around and then goes over and tries to help the dude up. Hmm. Just like, if oops. people are watching, you act a lot different. You act a lot differently if people are armed. You act a lot differently. To- and, and this is so the the video that I just saw was I mean I'm not gonna say it's not funny because holy shit I've never so, seen somebody drop so hard but there's just a kid on a hill standing away police line you know a couple people eh, doing their thing and he's standing there arms folded and he just drops like a fucking brick turns out some cop fucking sniped him with a rubber bullet and and cracked his skull. He has like severe traumatic brain injury, like brain swelling, everything. It is super fucked. That part, super sad. The dropping, hilarious. It's just like a curtain just fell. And you're like, this is why, like, well, what did you think was going to happen? Hmm. You're, you have no defenses. You have yeah. like nothing. Like, you brought nothing to a knife and gunfight. Like you, <laughs> to a tank fight, to a, a like, there's nothing there. So, in which case, I I agree with you. If if you want to make a point, you neutralize the offense. Then maybe people will listen. Yeah, but I think I I think there's, the you know obviously there's the dangerous part there because if if, um, police are not well trained to control the um, to administer the use of force, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's say, um. Then most civilians are even in a worse state, right? Like so, so, so so people who show up appropriately, in my opinion, attired Mm -hmm. for a you know a protest against this, especially against this particular you know for this particular grievance. Yeah, like you have to level the playing field. Yeah, you also have to have be like ten or twenty IQ points smarter. (laughs) than everybody standing across from you. Yes. You have to have thought it through. You have to, you know, like it's, you can't be, it can't be something that runs on emotion. Mm. Like if that's the discussion that's going to be, that needs to be had. 
Those riot munitions, they're referred to as less lethal. Yes, they are non-lethal. They are not non-lethal. They're less lethal. Exactly. Not non-lethal. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Uh, a lot of those rounds that they fire are meant to actually be deflected first before they hit you. Oh, so you like ricochet them into something. If that happens. Yeah, and that's in that but that makes it and if you look on, you know, some of the 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 less than lethal firearms, the sighting systems are um it leaves something to be desired. Sure, yeah. So yeah. you're for sure, you know, Just popping off. That guy was, you know, the poor kid who got shot in the head. The guy was probably aiming for his butt cheeks. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. if he was aiming at all, and yeah. I mean, at, at, at that particular individual, I, I just. Uh, I think the phrase "What did you think would happen?" is a pretty good way to summarize all of this. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, like what did you think was going to happen? I mean, if guys, you wanna, yeah. If you want to protest, you'll get change. You will. It just won't be the change that you want. <laughs> it could just be your own. You know, as you increase as you increase the threshold of violence, you're yeah. not. That's not going to affect what you want it to. Yeah, it's going to actually go the other way. Right. And then, okay, so how do we? How do you resolve things in a quote civilized manner or whatever? Um, uh, it's to um, I think it's called diplomacy well it starts small it starts small it starts local yeah have some conversations and conversation is not it's obviously not happening right now there is there is no like hey give you know you nominate three we'll nominate three we'll sit at a table and we'll you know when's the last time something like that did happen because I don't feel like we have conversations about anything anymore. Like we do, and I know people do, but like about issues, we don't. We just yell at each other, and we just pick apart people's ideas, and we never discuss things. I, well, it's I, you're more picking apart people's identities than picking apart people's ideas at this point. That's a good point. Perfect. But are we too impatient? Like, is one of the reasons we're not having these conversations is because we don't understand or accept that this is going to take a really long time i don't think it's that i think there's a there there's a lack of respect for the opposition's position okay i I, yeah i agree with that i I completely agree with that. i think identity is tied into it as well i think as soon as you link your identity to some position now you almost can't have a discussion with somebody because as soon as it's against that now it's against you so yes. it's not now the op- it's a personal attack. You, it's not now the it's, opposition's opinion. It's the opposition itself. So when you want to have a conversation, start to identify as the idea instead of identifying with an idea, then you start taking it really personally when someone sort of has a, a different opinion about your idea. Isn't that true narcissism though? Because if you're if you don't have fluidity of your ideas, like there's probably I've always been a judgy little turd my entire life. But during that time, I vehemently would, you know, defend that idea until someone changed that position or made me defend it in a, you know, but but it never was part of who I was. I only have a handful of those things, and those are core to my character and my morals and my family. But isn't that true narcissism to the fact that you can't separate yourself from your ideas to a point to where you can improve yourself by hearing others? I don't know if that's like the cl- you know the the clinical definition, let's say, but it but it sounds I, pretty good. It sounds pretty. <laughs> f- 
fucking good. Okay. Did I redeem yeah. my uh, education? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes. No, thank you. Uh, now I got this bump that I need to. <laughs> just, 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 I'll take a look. <laughs> no, I, I, turn and cough. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And then Except she's going to have to recommend more procedures because then she'll make more money. Yep. So pretty soon she puts the glove on and says bend over. But what and... if it was a pro bono thing in the beginning? Oh. Then I might just only get the procedure that I need, not the ones that <laughs> I can, my insurance company will pay for mm. or something like that. Yeah. I, or pay part of and then make you pay more in the future. I liked, I love the way they operate with Michael. It's, it's like, it's no, like, here's the price, and it's then like they know. here's the rest of the price. He's the only one I know that happens to every single time. And you know he's clear up front. Like, he's clear when oh, he says it here. He has to be crystal clear. It, <laughs> it still I'm guessing <laughs> that he is. You know, I we might have to you know send a neutral observer in next time to see. Either that or he's creating good stories for the podcast. Exactly. Either or. <laughs> yeah. I was um, texting with Trevor last night, and I was telling, you know, I said, I got, I got to go. I got to go, a, a, you know, actively defy the curfew, um, you know, to take Sparkle out. And he sent me something back. And I just said, look, I just want to have that conversation, you know, with the police officer when I get contacted. Um, and, and he said, that'd be good journalism. Mm. And I thought, oh, man. We'll be defying the curfew tonight, right? We're going up, going up to Michael's for dinner. We're going to have to drive back. Yep. Driving around the streets past eight o'clock, and I, yeah, we can what let is it? Mark know which streets and what time, so he can report us. <laughs> yeah, do you get money for that? <laughs> yeah, um, not yet, but they're in the this process in of LA. Set, setting up that program. Yeah. Perfect. Um, snitch on your friends. So it's a fu- it, it is a funny thing with the public safety alert that you know you get to your sent to your phone um, during this time, gathering in public places and. Traveling through the city. We literally said that last night upstairs. Prohibit, like uh-huh. while what? we were traveling through the city. Yes. <laughs> like yes, exactly. Uh, exceptions: work, police, fire, attending religious services, obtaining food, patronizing private businesses, the airport, and medical care. And then there was a, and there was another, um, an addendum to this. I think in the uh, on the KSL, the local news thing today where it said something about business owners and i'm like if anybody ever talks to you and you're not on your way to work or you don't own a business however you want to you know lie to them or justify being out you're fucking stupid Mm -hmm. it's like here here's the way to get around the thing it's like they're trying to define essential and non-essential travel i think that's exactly yeah it's exactly the same Travel for the most part, you were allowed to do under quarantine. Mm. They just uh. rewrote a few words and replastered it all over the news. Yeah, yeah. I, so I this sh- is two things in one year we're not allowed to go outside for. <laughs> oh, true. God. And when those those locusts come, yeah, you no won't want to go outside. True. <laughs> Uh, 2020. I think it was great timing for a symposium, though, for sure. I mean, wow. What a, yeah, what a strange sort of Mm -hmm. um, coincidence, I guess. Mm -hmm. We we could, we could actually, this could actually, you know, sort of justify my thesis about, yes, coincidences exist, but no, they don't mean anything. Hmm. 
Because I mean, it'd, it'd be tough to find meaning in we, we kind of went, shit that like, happened this <laughs> we're going to be a bit defiant. And then Salt Lake City said, hold my beer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Thank you. Thank you. For, no, thanks for um, having us. I mean, for, for com- coming out. I, I mean, when I, th- I thought the first thing I read was that you were going to drive. Yeah, we were, we were going to. That originally. was the initial plan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. W- which would have been, uh, I was just like, that's full commitment right there. I completely applaud that. I'll applaud that all three days that they're <laughs> driving. <Yeah. across. laughs> we were not sad that our plans changed for sure. Yeah. But. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, road trips are fucking cool. Yeah, and we we took some time together at the beginning of this, and you know this is relatively long getaway for us. Time off of work, yeah. Um, time away from the kid, but we we need this this place and these people and these conversations and a place to uncork the, 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 rage. the rage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, uncorking uh, a little yeah. bit on Saturday. But we did come prepared. <laughs> Both emotionally and from a actual physical appearance standpoint for the symposium. We tried to bring pr- plenty of water this time. Uh, we yeah. brought water, tinfoil hats, <laughs> it, toilet, it, paper, it, the it, whole toilet paper. It must be yeah. said that the arrival attire was glorious. I don't know. Safety first. Yeah. Safety first. Like Ben's multiple layers, layers of tinfoil hat. Literal interpretation um, of tinfoil hat. And... and <laughs> Um, Julie, I believe you were, it looked like you were wearing some kind of Tyvek sort of lab coat. Type I did. Of thing. I had and a, like a mask and a visor and like I wore the all hospital the, all the PPE hospital PPE that had been uh, hydrogen peroxide too many times, but I had a leather vest on top because fashion. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. I, so speaking of um, hydrogen peroxide, what's the like? So you're talking about what? Like, what's the dwell time that? you know a normal three percent concentration of hydrogen peroxide because it's not you can't just like it's not like the no they the 70 percent alcohol whatever they do they put it in like a washing machine and they they spray it they okay aerosolize it and it gets all over your ppe and there's there's some specific sprays that we use um but honestly a lot of those sprays really break down the quality of the ppe oh, yeah. a lot faster and they make the masks um the, they interfere with like the n95 how i don't know the, the particulate it changes what size particles can come back and forth it degrades okay. the material wow um and it also smells terrible i oh, mean yeah. every single thing that they're spraying this stuff down with is known carcinogens and you know, bacteria static and cidal things are just, they're just not good for laughing when Thurk was going to head down to the riot, you know, to shoot some photographs. And I think Ben said, Hey, would you like to take just my take mask? It. And yeah. like, it smells a little bit like CS cats, but <laughs> <laughs> you might tear up a little, but it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good for you. Yeah. Exactly. It smells kind of sweet. It's kind of sweet. And, and everyone knows that too much sweet, um, Rise your teeth. Makes you cry. <laughs> makes you cry. Yeah, exactly. Holy fuck. Keegan, you got anything? I was going to I'm really happy you guys got to stay a couple more days. Like uh, The seminars are always, or the symposiums are always awesome. Meeting everybody's cool, but getting to meet people and then getting to know them on a more personal level is always my favorite thing about all of these. And it seems like there's always a, you know, a person or two here and there that end up staying a little longer or come a little earlier. And it's my favorite part by far of the whole thing. 
So thanks mm -hmm. for taking the time to do that. Well, thanks. We keep finding ourselves in the unique and grateful position to be surrounded by wonderful friends, and we don't know why, but we'll take it. And, and be ready, because Ben invited me to the house, so I'll be there. That's good. Upstairs is yours. To get that pop-up trailer, right? That's the idea. All right. Yeah. We got a good fire pit and a good upstairs. So. Mm -hmm. Problem yeah. solved. Space. Fire. I'll see you soon. Yep. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> Damn it. Come on out, Mark. Um, maybe. Yeah. You and Selena, welcome anytime. I got. I have a friend in North Carolina I need to visit soon. Right. Mostly, I need to visit some property that extends um, about fifteen hundred yards. Hmm. <laughs> got it. I just want to go see Fayetteville one more time. Just be like, oh right, this place sucks. Oh right. <laughs> just except, to remind yourself, it's not for, there now. Yeah. <laughs> except for that Thai restaurant. True. Which which one? Uh, off the beaten path, um, and and it's been so long since I've been there, but I I had like three or four really really incredible meals. Um, it's on a four lane road. Oh, he's talking about Thai pepper. No, I um, think he's talking about Sawadee. Sawadee or Thai, Lake, Thai pepper? It might be Thai pepper. I said Thai pepper is what I was thinking of. Thai pepper is yummy. Yeah, that's off of Riley. That's technically a four lane road. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think Probably it might be time, but I'd have yeah. to, I'll have to call Over Pope near Post? See. Over near decent. Post? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, which Post? Because I was always Bra coming from a different, yeah. Bragg, yes. coming through there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. probably Top Pepper. It's yummy. Yeah. 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 Good. And authentic. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I generally go into a Thai restaurant and, and, um, and it just depends. Like we live, you know, pretty much like a block. There's one. And, and if you go in there and uh, it, you know, hot is is white boy hot mm -hmm. and then there's Thai hot and then there and so I always have to ask you know is it is it authentic or is it you know tourist mm -hmm. you know it's your scale here because you know if it's one to five and then five doesn't I don't even know how to to, to describe it but tourist five would just be like nobody goes to the hospital mm -hmm. nobody yeah. complains the next day nobody's like Ex, you, you want ex, a question what's going to happen in the morning expectorating <laughs> bodily fluids you know <laughs> with Thai hot you win the battle it wins the war y yes sometimes you can't even win the battle <laughs> like or that's, you can't that's finish the, it that's the Thai. best you can hope for though <laughs> it's the oh, same yeah. in Thailand if you're white and you walk up to the stand and ask them for Thai hot they won't give it to you you oh, have yeah. to send a local up yeah if you want it that hot just playing it safe which is you know just not trying to not ruin my business which totally makes sense it's like, yeah, we'll get you hot and we'll give you a little bit of sugar with that. And then you're... I've been in the hospital in Thailand before. It wasn't that bad. Okay. The way that I got there was terrible. And if I could remember what restaurant, I had just got done saying, I got a stomach of steel. I ate all these riblets last night at the night market. Oh, I thought like scooter accident. To... No. Here's how this goes on my end. <laughs> yes. She's getting ready to go to Thailand. I'm like, are you taking doxycycline or anything? Like, yeah. any of... Nope. I'll be good. Next phone call I get, I got a blood transfusion in Thailand. Mm -hmm. I woke up and it was going, you're talking about no informed consent. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. The waves of confirmation bias were heavy that day for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was cocky about my digestive system. And after about the third hour of just profuse yeah, sh shitty blood and vomiting and passing out in my hotel room and being picked up by my taxi cab driver. Um, I learned a hard lesson. Wait, so you are confident in your stomach? 
yet you had a piece of pineapple on Sunday. <laughs> and, and it destroyed me for six hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm less confident about my gut now. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure yeah. that I didn't miss something. Just blame it on the transfusion. However, I knew exactly how much every single item in that hospital stay cost. Yep. And, and, how I, many, and did you pay in baht or dollars? <laughs> oh, paying the old USA of dollars. And uh, even had a nurse to rub my back and say, it's okay, madam. It's okay. As I violently vomited for a good 24 hours. <laughs> Man, that is the ab workout to end all ab yeah. workouts. Oh, I, wrecked. Like, if I think back to, to that, you know, how many, you know, the first stop, land the plane either, in, you know, in um, Islamabad or Kathmandu, first stop is the street pharmacy. To start pro prophylactically taking Bactrim, which you are going to be doing for the next three months. Yeah. Or something. That was my particular, you know, one of choice. And then, okay, we're going to get the uh, tinnitusol or something, you know, the, the heavy hitters, the just-in-case mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you know, I probably brought some flagell from the States, but I'd rather not do three days of that when I can just do one. I can just do... One 24-hour period of this stronger thing, which is illegal in other parts of the world because it's so fucking toxic, and it'll give you tinnitus for like a decade. But hey, whatever, <laughs> cures you know cures your guts, and then it's like flat coke and white rice for a couple of days, and you're good to go. I love foreign pharmacies. <laughs> oh my god, you can find the most amazing things in there. Yes, and you know the cost. It, absolutely, and it's generally lower. Some mm -hmm. sometimes these things have, are past their expiration date, but and you also don't need um, a prescription to buy it. So true. Yeah. Which, okay, certain things maybe, no, because it's self-correcting. Mm -hmm. You can very much I, so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and you probably ask, hey, if I take too much of this, what happens? Yeah. What's the water <laughs> cut? What's the water cut drug that makes you pee out the potassium, but it's at a crazy high um, rate? A bunch of the time, like whenever. Americans or Australians come to Thailand and mm -hmm. you can get HCG and testosterone. Like clenbuterol. Clenbuterol, yeah. Oh, that's self-correcting out there too, big time. You oh, go yeah, to, you take, um, it is, you take, it's true. You do take, if you take too much of that, mm -hmm. um, you do cramp pretty horribly. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, and Phuket, that's like a self-corrector. At the same time. Yeah, it happens every time they start a new Muay Thai camp. They end up what? with like a slew of people going to the hospitals from taking clenbuterol. I don't know, just laugh like, Wait, normally when I get the cramp, I stretch the muscle, but I am a cramp. <laughs> I, I am cramp. Yeah, I am cramp. Exactly. Holy. Um, yeah, I never sampled that in any of the Asian countries, but, you know, when we were in Bulgaria for a period of time, I mean, what are you going to, what else are you going to ask for in the pharmacies in Bulgaria? True. Yeah. I actually got a list. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I haven't done enough research, but I'll probably come up with something. Yeah, well, I can, I can tell you that I believe I am one of, you know, part of the 5% um, uh, in the world for for whom uh, flucanazole, I believe, it's mm -hmm. one, one of the antifungals, mm -hmm. um, is hepatoxic. Oh. All Doesn't right, happen yeah. to everyone, but... Doesn't. But it did to you. <laughs> but... Well, I ended up with some serious liver issues, but and we and we could never figure out the source. But it, it was possible that it was the um, the vodka that had been repurposed. Let's mm. say for uh, where one, I mean, just one of those you know the typical sort of uh, local gangster thing where they buy all the you know buy a bunch of top shelf vodka and then pour part of it off uh, in order to sell in their bars, 
uh, at a premium, um, and then replace that with straight ethanol, and then give that to the retail stores where other people can buy it. And so it could have been that. They were um, doing that down south at resorts. Mm -hmm. Oh, the Dominican. With some rather mm -hmm. catastrophic effects. Oh, oh, I remember that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, they probably just got the mix wrong. Yeah. I don't, you know, or it could have been like this bottle of Ukrainian vodka, which might have been radiator fluid, but I don't know. Not to say that they can't make good vodka. It's just that I didn't get, uh, um, it did taste, that one tasted a little bit weird. Anyway, so after many, 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 many months of testing and that kind of thing, they've, this, you know, they're just like, hey, well, biopsy makes it look like, um, like uh, you got poisoned. Oh. Did, you, did someone try to put you were in Bulgaria? Did they try to assassinate you for mm. your political views? You capitalist? Um, I mean, them being pretty hard, serious about capitalism right now themselves. Um, yeah, anyway. Interesting. So pharmacy roulette can be fun, <laughs> but you can also become a cramp. <laughs> I guess. No, I think we've hit the bottom. I, yeah. yeah. I am cramp. I am cramp. And I am cramp. Yeah. <laughs>